Childbirth education is so important. You're not going to get any education in your doctor's appointments. The reality is they're like five minutes, you know, they're short, they're brief. You may get a pamphlet or a handout or something, but if you want to be an empowered participant in your birth, you need to do good childbirth education. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the tools, knowledge, and confidence you need to erase the unknowns, feel in control, and have an even better birth, no matter how you deliver. My name is Liesl Teen, mom of two, practicing labor and delivery nurse, and your host. From over eight years and counting of working at the bedside, I know that knowledge is the key to an even better birth. So tune in each week to learn about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum from me, a labor and delivery nurse that's seen it all. And now let's get into this week's episode. This week on the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, I am joined by the amazing Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, who you may know from her very popular pregnancy podcast, All About Pregnancy and Birth. Dr. Rankins is a board-certified practicing OBGYN, wife, mom, podcast host, and course creator. Similarly to Mommy Labor Nurse, Dr. Rankins offers amazing online resources for pregnant women because she too knows what a critical role education plays in a woman's ability to advocate for themselves during birth and reduce any sense of fear or anxiety they may have. On today's show, Dr. Rankins is going to share with us more about what it's like to be an OBGYN, memorable moments from her years of practice, thoughts on doula and midwifery care, a bit of birth advice, and more. I am so excited to share Dr. Rankins with you today, so let's get right into it. Hi, Dr. Rankins. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. I am so excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to chat with you as well. Yeah. So if you could just start by introducing yourself to our listeners, tell us who you are, what your official job title is, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of what that means. Yeah. So Dr. Nicole Rankins, I'm a board certified practicing OBGYN. I've been in practice for almost 20 years and have had the privilege of helping well over a thousand babies into this world, probably Woo-hoo. closer to 2000 at this point. <laughs> I practice as an OB hospitalist and we can go into what that means because I think a lot more folks are going to see that. And then I also have a podcast called All About Pregnancy and Birth and I do education on Instagram, childbirth education class, birth plans, all that great stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I would love to dive a little bit more into kind of the difference between a hospitalist Mm -hmm. and a private practice OB because I think a lot of people just don't even know that there are these different types. Yeah, absolutely. So what I do as an OB hospitalist is I only work in the hospital. So I do not have an office practice. I only work shifts in the hospital. So I do 24-hour shifts at a time. I do roughly seven of those a month. And the OB hospitalist model is coming into play more and more for a number of reasons. So the way it works in my hospital is we assume care of all of the patients on labor and delivery in the evening and also on the weekend. So your private practice doctors will turn over the care to us. And it has a lot of benefits, actually. 
One is there's no rush. Like it doesn't benefit me one way or another or change my schedule or what I do. When you have your baby, (laughs) I'm going to be there. So that doesn't matter. So studies have actually shown that having an OB hospitalist will decrease the C-section rates at hospitals because again, there's no rush. We know we're going to be there also for safety measures. So we're there 24 seven, 365. So there's always a physician on the labor and delivery unit to handle any emergencies that can come up. And as you know, in obstetrics, minutes can make a difference. So having OB hospitalists, having physicians on the labor and delivery ward on all the time can really help improve safety. And studies have shown that it helps improve outcomes for moms and babies. And for me, it's good as a hospitalist because I have my schedule. I know my seven days and I'm going to work. And then I can do things with my children or my family or have my own podcast or things like that. And for the private practice doctors in the office, it works well for them because they're not going to be up all night and then have to work in the office the next day. They have their weekends that are more free. So this is a model that is becoming more and more common. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for explaining that. Cause I think I even didn't fully understand the benefit and why Mm -hmm. some hospitals do that, but that makes Mm -hmm. a ton of sense. And especially what you were saying about C-section rates, because it's just a different mentality when you're just there. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yes. 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 So I'm curious what your first exposure to the world of L&D was. Yeah. So that was in medical school, really. And I knew I wanted to do something with my hands and I toyed between general surgery and OBGYN, decided on OBGYN, but L&D, my very first memory (laughs) or exposure, I think that stands out the most is being in a C-section. And as you know, in a C-section, we pull in order to like open the muscles Mm -hmm. and make that space. And the first time I saw that, I was like, oh, oh my yeah. God, what are they doing to that? It's shocking. Lady? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that was one of my first memories as a medical student that, oh my God, I can't believe this is what we're doing. And now obviously I've done it, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And yeah. then a very close second, this can be a little bit graphic, but that's I'm just, okay. I'm that's just okay. Tell, I'm just we don't sugarcoat on okay. the I'm podcast. Tell you know, we tell how it is. <laughs> yeah, this this woman had a baby and it looked like after the baby was born, a bomb had exploded in her vagina. Oh gosh. It was like, what did that baby do yeah. to that poor woman's vagina? But after the repair, it was like, oh my goodness, it's wow. like back together. And then I happened to be able to see her later. And it's like miraculous yeah. how the vagina can heal. So that yeah. those are like the two biggest experiences. I mean, it literally looked like a bomb went off in there and just putting it together and it healed great. That's great. <laughs> well, I'm glad for her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Doesn't sound fun. <laughs> Not sure what you should be learning and doing in each week of pregnancy to feel your best and get prepared for birth? I know that when you're pregnant, it can feel impossible to stay on top of all the new stuff going on with your body, your baby, and your bulging at the seams to-do list. That's why I created the free weekly pregnancy series. Sign up to get tips, advice, and resources tailored to your exact week of pregnancy sent straight to your inbox every week. Sign up at mommylabornurse.com slash I am pregnant to get your first email today. That's all one word, mommylabornurse.com slash I am pregnant. See you in your inbox real soon.
tell me, was that when you kind of decided you wanted to be an OBGYN? I mean, I'm sure, you know, that's partly when, but like, when was that moment for you? Yeah. Okay. So I have a very crazy route as to how I ended up here. I actually, my undergraduate degrees are in mathematics and mechanical engineering. And I was going down that road. And then I was in summer school and this sounds crazy, but honestly it happened. I was looking in the mirror, I was in the bathroom and I saw myself wearing a white coat. And that vision just led me to think, I think I want to go to medical school and I just couldn't let it drop. So despite finishing my math and mechanical engineering degrees, I went to medical school. And then, as I said, I knew I wanted to do something like tactile. So I toyed between general surgery, but the concentration maybe in breast surgery or OBGYN. And I chose OBGYN because I honestly hated having male patients when I was in medical school. <laughs> At least you're honest. Yes. <laughs> I just didn't like it. And so yeah. and getting hit on and stuff like that, I was like, I'm not yeah. doing this. So decided on OBGYN. And I initially thought I was going to be a GYN cancer specialist because mm-hmm. they're the ones who do the most operating GYN oncologists. And I wanted to operate and do stuff with my hands, but yeah, things changed. And now here I am. Mostly I just yeah. deliver babies and I love it. I'm yeah. exactly where I'm supposed to be. Cool. I love it. Oh, I love it. Awesome. Well, that kind of transitioned to my next question. If anything, if you can pinpoint it, what would you say you like most about being an OB? And what would you say you like least about being an OB? Okay. So most is the moment of being at birth. I swear that just never gets old. That it never joy, does. That Absolutely. Ex- the joy, the excitement. It really just never gets old. So I always say the moment that I don't enjoy that anymore, I need to retire because something's, you know, it's just time for me to hang it up. But I love that moment. And the least favorite part (laughs) is I can deal with most bodily fluids. Like I can deal with pee. I can deal with poop, blood, whatever. I think I know what you're going to say. Keep going. Vomiting. I cannot. Oh, listen, I can't deal with it. I'm so (laughs) terrible. I see patients throw up and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just go get your nurse because I can't do (laughs) it. One of the nurses, she caught me tiptoeing out the back of the room. She's oh like, my gosh. Where are you going, Dr. Rankins? And I'm like, I can't do this, y'all. The vomit is just too much for me. So I hold it inside, but vomit is just, I don't like vomit. I gotcha. I hear you on that. See, I thought you were going to say mine isn't vomit. Mine is sputum. It's not like respiratory secretion, that kind of stuff. So like I've had patients where they have the flu or they are Mm -hmm. in labor and they're just like, and I'm like, I can't can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) I feel you on that feeling, except mine is from the nose area. Gotcha. Well, I love asking people this question and I love Mm -hmm. it when people ask me when I go on podcasts, but what is your L&D superpower? Yeah, my L&D superpower is staying calm in difficult situations, 100%. I've gotten to the point where I can stay pretty calm no matter what is going on, which is really important both for the patient to know that even though things are happening crazy, that it helps set the energy and tone around things so they're not so scared. And it helps the nursing staff around me to also not feel so scared and feel like we're in control of the moment. So I'm good at staying calm in the midst of chaos. Love it. Gosh, you said it, but that is something that is, I think, a little easier for some people than others. And it is so important to stay calm in those situations. Yeah, And it shows when 
we don't stay yeah. calm. And especially as a physician, we're a team, yeah. 100%. None of us can do these jobs by ourselves. But in the emergencies, that's where we're supposed to step up and take control. That's what we're trained for. Yeah. So when we don't, then it just sets a whole not great tone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, do you mind sharing one or two of your most memorable moments from l d Yes. One is kind of funny. <laughs> this patient... She had been pushing for a long time, long time. And it was just a long labor. We had been patient. Finally, she pushed this baby out. And I don't know if I can say what I call adult language. That's what my girls call it. But curse word on the podcast. <laughs> when the baby came out, okay. she, she looked at the baby and she said, oh, my God, you little shit. <laughs> It was the, but it was the most loving way. She, she was like, what have you done to me? I love you, but this took forever. So, so it was just funny. I bet she meant it too. Like, she gosh, meant she meant it. Of course she was happy. And I say all that to say that sometimes when you're having a baby, it, it feels hard and you get yeah. mad and yeah. you can still love your child, but be like, this was a difficult experience. So, uh, Yeah. Yeah, yes, very yes. much so. Sometimes I'll even help them kind of channel that anger too. Cause sometimes I feel like it can be effective when I say, like, get mad at him. Yes, you're pushing, yes. you're doing great. You got it. Get yes. mad at him. Yep. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. And yeah. I've had so many during the years, but another one that stands out recently is a patient who had an ectopic pregnancy. And she's a black woman and I'm a black woman and you know the issues with maternal health. She had an ectopic pregnancy and I remember her, I went down to the ER and it was a mess. They hadn't done all the things they needed to Mm do. And she said, I came down there and I went into like, what are you all doing? We need to go Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Let's take care of her in a way where she needed to be and where she felt good. And then she came back later and she was after having lost her tube and she was on labor and delivery. And when she saw me walk in the room, she said, you were the person that day that saved me. And it was just so like moving. You never know what moments are going to come back to you. She had had that ectopic, had that experience. And now here she was full circle having a baby now. So um, that was just really special. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Yeah. That is super special. All right, the sound of that heartbeat means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. This one says, hi, I'm sure you get a ton of messages, but I wanted to say I've followed your account my entire pregnancy and took your Birth It Up epidural class and it truly prepared me so much. My nurse teams were so impressed with all of my knowledge and how calm I was through it all. I was able to make the right decisions and understand what was happening and why. My birth was pretty wild, but knowing everything I did beforehand helped me immensely. Thank you so much for educating women in this area because it's so important. Oh, you guys are just the best. I love these messages, you guys. If you want to have an even better birth, just like this mama, head over to mommylabornurse.com slash courses to learn more about our three online on-demand birth classes. I want to ask you about doula care because, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I feel like L&D nurses and doulas 
can kind of butt heads, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's really like OBs and doulas butt heads. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear your thoughts on doula care for birth. And if you have a lot of experience working with birth doulas, do you see a lot of birth doulas in your hospital? Yeah. So I 100% support doulas because I support research and evidence and research shows that having someone like a doula can shorten your labor, decrease your need for pain medicine, increase your chances for vaginal birth. So it's research proven that you should get doulas help. So yes, I 100% support doulas. And in our hospital, I'm lucky that we're very doula-friendly environment. So lots of folks have doulas and the labor and delivery nurses and doulas work pretty well together. And there's not a lot of antagonism. I mean, of course, sometimes, you know, people have little comments or things of that nature. And some doctors are more supportive than others. But in general, yes, very supportive of doulas. And more and more physicians are realizing that we should be supportive of doulas because it helps. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's more sometimes the issues I have, it's not even that it's because you're a doula. It's just like certain personalities don't mix, mm-hmm. whether you're a doula, whether you're right. an OB, whether you're right. an LD right. nurse, you know. <laughs> That's <laughs> so. true. And I will say some doulas are more kind of in there than others. And you have to yeah. be careful that they are not medical professionals. So they shouldn't Correct. be doing some of the medical professional things. So it's definitely a balance for sure. But when yeah. you can find one who works well with you and maybe, you know, you can speak to that maybe as a nurse, then it can be a really nice and helpful and smooth experience. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It makes our jobs a lot easier because mm-hmm. we can focus on what we need to do and you guys focus on what you do best. So exactly. it's, yeah. yeah, yeah, best of both worlds. Yeah. Well, let's talk about midwifery care. So at my hospital, we have a few midwives that work in our OBED, but we don't have a lot of midwives that actually deliver babies. And mm-hmm. I have worked with midwives in the past, but I wanted to hear your experience. If you currently work with any midwives, if you have in the past, what your thoughts on like the midwifery care model is. Yeah. So I am one of those rare people I actually trained with midwives and residency oh. way back when 20 years ago at Duke, we trained with midwives, although I wasn't as embracing of midwifery care back then as yeah. I should have been. I definitely have been exposed to midwives. And right now I work side by side. We have certified nurse midwife hospitalist at my hospital, ah. which is also becoming more common as well. So it's nurse midwives cool. who work in the hospital and just do labor and delivery. So again, research studies show that the midwifery model of care can improve outcomes and also can improve patient satisfaction. I know a lot of the maternal health crisis, people talk a lot about, we need more midwives, we need more midwives. We're not going to be able to churn out enough midwives or create enough midwives to meet those demands. We as obstetricians are going to have to adopt some midwifery techniques in order to help meet some of those needs. So I think we need to take the best of midwifery care and adapt it as a general part of obstetrics in order to help improve outcomes for all. So I definitely support midwives for sure. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Agree with everything. Well, I have one last question. Mm -hmm. Let's end with some birth advice. What would you tell our listeners? You know, a lot of our listeners are first time moms, but what would you tell a first time mom if you could only tell them one thing to help them prepare for birth? 
please do a childbirth education class. Yes, that is it. Yay. <laughs> please do a childbirth education class. Whether now, it is yours, whether it is mine, yes. whether it is the one at the hospital, yes. we don't care. Just, we just don't. Do just one. please do something. <laughs> there are lots of options out there. Find something that fits and works for you. Childbirth education is so important. You're not going to get any education in your doctor's appointments. The reality is they're like five minutes, you know, they're yeah. short, they're brief. You may get a pamphlet or a handout or something, but if you want to be an empowered participant in your birth, you need to do good childbirth education. So childbirth education for sure. Yes, ma'am. I mm -hmm. love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. I loved this. Can you remind our listeners where they can find you on social media, on the sure. internet? Sure, sure. All over at Dr. Nicole Rankins, at Dr. Nicole Rankins on Instagram. That's my favorite platform. I also post videos on TikTok. TikTok is a whole different. It is. <laughs> place. I don't, it is. I'm there too. And then my website is drnicolerankins.com. And my podcast is called All About Pregnancy and Birth. Cool. Awesome. Well, we'll link all of those links in the show notes page. Dr. Rankins, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I think it's so important that we all in this birth space work together just to make sure that we provide options for folks so that they can have the best birth experience. So that's what we're here for, y'all. Yes, ma'am. So next week's episode, we are talking all about cord blood banking and placenta donation. And we're going to be talking about placenta encapsulation. I know you guys have a lot of questions about this stuff. This was a really good topic to do as a podcast episode because it's so in-depth and there's just a lot here to unpack. So be sure to stay tuned into next week's episode. Already feeling a little more confident about pregnancy, birth, and newborn life? Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can continue to erase the unknowns and never miss an episode. And if you're looking for even more, Instagram is definitely where I hang out the most. Come join our community of more than a half a million moms for birth education, tips, and solidarity. You can find me at mommy.labornurse. Check out today's show notes and a searchable library of every Mommy Labor Nurse podcast episode at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. And while you're there, be sure to head to the blog to learn about our online birth classes too. See you next week. And remember, you can have an even better birth no matter how you deliver.